Winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got an opinion? You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Hey, Podoloff, this is Mike Leach reaching out from Aaron. Hey, uh, <clears throat> he just wants me to reinforce a few points with you. The SEC isn't scared of a team that goes 5-7 and seven in the Big 12. And then the other thing, I hear Texas loses every game that you attend, so I assume you were uh, there in 2008 where Crabtree made the catch uh, when Texas Tech uh, played number one Texas. And the other, maybe you should skip the Kansas game this year so Texas can go to a bowl. Ah, brilliance. Just the best, Mike Leach, the gift that keeps on giving. I feel like that's from a while back, right? Uh, no, I mean, old was, one? no, I mean, it was from this offseason. He's making the joke about Texas rolling five and seven and beating Kansas, which that is not oh, the well, first that's time happened it's happened. S- yeah, it's, it's time, happened yeah. before. Yeah. I, he, he just got his cameo going, and that's one of the videos that he sent out on his cameo, which is amazing. God, it's brilliant. Mm. Nicely done. Uh, uh, um. uh, so, anyways, uh, how about OU up to number nine, Tyler? How you like that? Uh, number nine, which which service is that? I think 24-7, they're 10, right? Well, I don't know if the reclassification continues, but I've got them right here at number nine on 247. Okay, cool. Let me see. They, uh, they did update their player rankings for today. So Jackson Arnold rose up the rankings. P.J. Adabare did. And surprise, surprise, guess who stayed at number one, even though he hasn't participated in a camp all year long. Despite all the quarterback movement, despite seeing all the quarterbacks at the Elite 11 outside of Arch Manning and seeing a whole lot of other guys this Mm. weekend in Florida, Arch Manning still stays as the number one overall player on 24-7 sports. What a joke what a joke wow man how about the tinfoil hat arch manning conspiracy theorist back in studio tyler mccomas you're saying this is all just about the name huh uh yeah they uh wanted to generate a whole lot of buzz by putting uh, arch manning as the number one overall prospect which by the way like here was their reasoning like you tell me if i uh got a little bit of a point here after evaluating arch manning in person in may i still favor manning to the field as i believe he possesses the combination of the most potential and the highest floor of any signal uh, caller in the class. He's shown uncanny pocket awareness throughout his prep career and consistent ability to make plays on the move. Projecting Manning's success three to four years ahead is why he maintains pole position this go-around. That last sentence yeah, caught me there. I, f- I feel like all that is is a bunch of buzzwords with like pocket presence and awareness and uh, ceiling and all of those things, just it's a word salad thrown together to justify um, where he's at. Now, I will say that 
he, he makes it hard because of the pedigree, right? The pedigree and, and what his family has accomplished at the position makes like the three and four years down the road, that's what makes it really tough, right? Because right now, he probably doesn't look like the best player in the recruiting class. But, you know, four or five, however many years down the road, you know, you may look back and be like, what a bunch of idiots that had, you know, you know, Malachi Nelson is the number one quarterback in a class that Arch Manning was in. How stupid is that? <laughs> he, he makes it hard. I, I kind of, it's like, it's like the biggest hedge of all time. Yeah. So, you know what I'm so saying? the number one overall ranking is because of the last name then. That's, that's what you're telling me. Yeah. 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 Which is fine. Now, I mean, I, what, whatever. I it, still think he looks good. I, I'm not, I, I, I haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of him, but. What I've seen looks looks pretty good. Number one quarterback in the class? Eh, I don't know. I like that Jackson Arnold, he's up to number five, which I don't know where he was before, but um, I'm surprised that there were still a couple of guys that he supposedly uh, was looked way better than out there at the Elite yes. 11, like the Dante Moore and... Nico Lamalieva, um, the Tennessee commit. That one surprised me too. Like, eh, okay. But I, I'm sure they'll come out with a, another ranking before the first signing day. We'll see if Jackson Arnold can, uh, can uh, you know, continue to emerge up the list. But, what I mean, yeah. at the end of the day whatever that has no bearing or impact at all on OU winning a championship which is what we really care about that's right it's fine that's right but uh I'll tell you what does have an impact on OU winning the championship is continuing to get highly rated defensive players and the Lewis Carter kid out of Tampa like him is <laughs> yeah really he huh. yeah yeah he is now I don't know what position he's going to play. He's he's a two hundred pounder. Uh, seems like he, you know, just because of the the frame and everything, like he may be a hard gainer. Like he may end up as a safety or as like a nickel type. I don't know. Um, cheetah position perhaps, but that dude can run and he can strike you, and he plays with reckless abandon, which you want. In a guy. Yeah. No, I, look, the, the kids, I, I'm sure he's a good get. Four-star player out of Tampa. I um, I guess I'm more interested, not more interested, but I am very interested in kind of the outlook of that recruitment and kind of the message that it sends is that, you know, OU's had a tough time here recently with going up against elite programs for defensive talent, especially in the Southeast, right? Those are not, yeah. not a whole lot of battles that they've won, but – Brent Venables hadn't even coached a regular season game yet, and he's going down to Tampa to get a four-star backer that had, what, he had an LSU. I, it felt like everyone in the Southeast had an offer out to him except maybe Alabama, and it, you were able to go down there and, and get his commitment like the way that they did. Like That, to me, is a yeah. huge deal and very telling. Up against Auburn, up against Clemson, up against uh, North Carolina, Florida's in there, Georgia's in there. Um, yeah, so it's LSU is in there, Miami, Michigan State, Ohio State, Oregon. I mean, everyone. Penn State, like the list goes on and on. Tennessee, USC. Uh, it's pretty much every single team out there. And I don't know, and maybe it's happened recently, but 
I'm sitting here trying to think, and, and it, we're clearly it's not over yet, but we got, as it sits right now, we got three four-star defensive players, um, an edge guy, two backers. That's pretty good. And I tell me where I went wrong. Why did I think Pichotti was a four-star? Uh, he is by, I think by one service, he is a, a four-star. Okay. Um, but the thought is that 24-7 going to elevate that to a four-star. I don't know if he ended up getting that today or not. I forgot to look. But I think at some point not, he will. He doesn't have it as, as he doesn't, I'm looking okay. at it right Well, he's now. going to IMG to play this year. So if he has a good year, then that's probably going to happen at some point. Right. And maybe they haven't made it that. I'm sure it takes forever to reclassify and go back and grade, regrade everyone. So maybe that's why Oklahoma hadn't changed to nine earlier whenever you were looking and they had now. Yeah. They're just continuing to work their way down the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are number nine. Um, I do think that this goes into the conversation of, you know, Brent Venables was asked this a few times last week at Big 12 Media Day is, well, how long is it going to take? Like, what's the timeline going to look? for this program playing elite defense. And there's no really, you know, way for him to tell that now. I, I wonder, though, if three certain instances can kind of show us that it can happen rather quickly. It doesn't need to be a three- or four-year process. Um, I'm looking at this staff, well, at least when Brent was on it, they roll in in 1999, right? And that was an offensive-driven football team for the most part in 99. But by year two in 2000, they have a defense that carries them to a championship. So I see that one. I mm -hmm. see Nick Saban getting to Bama in 07, and by his second year in 08, he's got an elite defense, and they had a fourth-quarter lead on Florida and were 15 minutes away from playing for the championship against OU in 2008. And then I even look at the guy that we like to make fun of, Muleshoe, OU's offense in 2014 was not very good. I mean, maybe it ranked high, but it got an offensive coordinator fired. And in year one in 2015, it took a few games, but the offense ended up being really good in 2015. Like, Can we use those three instances, and I know that's kind of cherry-picking there, to show that it doesn't have to be a three- or four-year process? Like, OU can have a really good defense by at least year two. Yeah, I think the, I think the biggest determining factor is – uh, what is what does your roster look like whenever you start off and it, it it's something that you can't always just quantify by going back and seeing how high that recruiting those previous recruiting classes were ranked like you may have some guys that just happen to be on roster that can pick something up a little bit quicker than Maybe a roster that's rated higher and is more athletic, but your recruit your your roster maybe is a little bit more cerebral. It can put some things together. Uh, I, I guess you just you never really know. It, it, there's way too many factors built in there. I think schedule probably plays a, a big factor in it. Um, you know, whenever you're playing, just if you're if you're playing a bunch of really incredible offenses it's going to be hard to put a defense together in one or two years because you're going to feel like everything you're doing isn't working you know and it's maybe it's just who you're going up against but i i don't think given the the athleticism of the roster at ou the base that they kind of have to build on i don't think it needs to take all that long yeah i really don't i think it could happen in year two 
I definitely think it can it can happen in year two. Um, I mean, you're going to have well, to. I get, think it can happen in year one. Well, with well, you cited like it depends on the offenses that you that you play. That's a determining yeah. factor. Well, you're in a good position for that this year for it to happen in year one. I mean, there, right. I mean, not every offense you play is going to be bad. Um, there's going to be some good offenses that you play, but you're you're in a pretty good spot with most of these offenses that you're going to see this year. And here's the other thing is, especially whenever you have a team that is just learning an offense or learning a defense, you cannot make your judgment on what they are based on the first four or five games. Agree. You have to wait, and it's going to get better and better and better as long as you stay healthy and you you aren't losing guys, dropping like flies. It's going to get better and better the more you play. And, you know, Oklahoma, they play Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech in their last four games. Um, if you compare that to, like, your first four, not, I'm not going to include UTEP or Kent State, but, like, Nebraska, Kansas State, TCU, Texas, I mean, I feel like those are, at least offensively, they, they have the ability to be pre- pretty similar there between those four teams, uh, your first four and your last four, I bet they play way better in the last four games than they do the first four. Well, I mean, that's the hope. <laughs> I, I hope that that's yeah. the case, right? And that's that's kind of that's kind of the goal and the expectation is whatever the first four games like that. Yeah, they look like a much better defense towards the end of the year. And I, I mean, I'll be very surprised if that that doesn't happen. I, I, and I'm that's not just the defense. I think that this will go back to being a team that for a while there we were kind of accustomed to seeing is get significantly better as the year goes on. And by the time November rolls around, you're kind of seeing the best version of what this team has to offer. Like you're seeing some real growth in the month of November. That's what I expect. I mean, regardless of what happens this year, and I mean, I think they're going to win the conference, but I that's what I expect to see. Incredible growth from game one to like even game nine or ten. Did you feel like anyone coming out of Big 12 Media Day that you feel better or worse about maybe where their football team is? Now, I know everyone is, you know, just talking glowingly about every single player on their roster and how great the summer and spring were and what steps they're going to take and how amazing everything's been so far, but was there any of those that you you heard and you actually believed what they were selling? I don't really know. Not, I mean, media day is not something for me that I say, oh, God, look at Gundy walking around. He must feel good about his team this year. But people that do feel that way, uh, I, I've heard some of them, and I was surprised to hear West Virginia as one of those teams being mentioned. They got – they got a transfer portal player at quarterback. They got a new offensive coordinator. What, Graham Harrell's out there, right, as their OC? That's right. You know they're going to play pretty good defense, but it's just hard for me to see it with them because offensively they've just been so average, so average. You know what's so weird is this conference was air raid for a long time. You pretty much saw the same type of style of offense almost week in, week out. And then things changed, and we started to see way more defense being played, um, way more run game. The style of playing the Big 12 was different. Well, after this next, this latest round of uh, firings and hirings, 
Tech is a team that's kind of going to be going back to the roots, air raid style. West Virginia with Graham Harrell is a team that you expect to kind of go back to their roots a little bit more. Uh, you've got TCU with Sonny Dykes, and that offense is going to be back to a little more air raid style. It's it's interesting that it you know we cycled through, and now we're going to get way more of that more of what people think of Big Twelve style offense that that's coming back through yet again, cycling back. Is it too? Uh, is it looking too much into it to say in terms of OU's overall success? This league will I, – I, I think overall the league being shaped this way is much better overall for OU than what it was in like 2008 when you've got you know four of the top five offenses in the, the nation are Big 12 teams. Just because I think that the teams that you're going to play in a playoff setting in a national championship setting, yeah, they're going to have good offenses too, like Ohio State and Bama will, but it's still a line of scrimmage league. And I think for a while this league got away from being a line of scrimmage league. It's back to that, which I think overall benefits OU. Yeah. Nope, I agree. And, you know, it's, it's just interesting whenever you look at the – like the top offenses in the country last year, the Big 12 didn't have one in the top. I mean, OU was number one, and they've got to be, this is yards per game. I mean, they're definitely no higher than 15. It's probably further back than that. It doesn't have the ranking next to it. But, um, you know, we, we are used to seeing like three out of the top five being Big 12 teams in recent years. So that we just had one in the top 15, and your next one is way back, still scrolling. So, yeah, it was a big departure from what we're used to. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up, hanging out at FSBO Homes today. Check them out online, fsbohomes.com. you got to remember, folks, this is not last year's market. Things have changed. Interest rates have gone up. Homes are lasting a little bit longer on the market. Stop in here and see us and let these guys educate you a little bit on what's going on, some of the best practices to sell your home. Remember, you list it yourself. You go through FSBO Homes. They're going to help you market it. They're going to help walk you through the contract part of it with attorneys on the back end. They're going to get you a appraisal up front so you price your home in the exact spot it needs to be, and they're going to help you photograph it and market it the best you can online. That's how homes go these days. It's all done online. They're going to get you in the market here at fsbohomes.com. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're all about you. The smile makers, the trailblazers, people doing what they do best, making things happen for those that need it most. The kind of people that are true game changers, like your everyday heroes winner, Cassandra Brothers. Plus, shop America's top-selling models, like the all-new Ram 1500 and Jeep Grand Cherokee during the Make This the Summer event. Pre-order the perfect vehicle online or in-store today. Landers is driven to serve. Are you looking for the kind of OU apparel you can wear at work or dress-up events? The Jimmy Austin Pro Shop carries the best brands, like Tommy Bahama, Peter Millar, Travis Matthews,
when bringing up that conference schedule saying, yeah, we get uh, Texas and Arkansas again. We get Texas and Texas A&M again. OU and Missouri, they get to play again. That's a, what what did he say? That was a quarter of what the, the Big 8 was back in the day. And then, of course, we'll get Oklahoma, Arkansas as well. I it's kind of leading on that he, he there's going to be a situation here where OU and Arkansas play quite a bit, which won't be all that surprising at all. But after listening to Sankey today, it's, yeah, if they do a two or three kind of rotating team thing, like Arkansas, it felt like is going to be in OU's little pod or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, well, that would make sense. Um, I mean, I think ultimately – if you have the opportunity, you'd like fans to be able to have the, the chance to travel with the teams and, and go see some different spots. And obviously the closer the better for stuff like that. But that also means you're going to be stuck playing Missouri, you know. And I guess that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it doesn't really get you excited about the move get me excited. to the SEC to play a team that you've played forever. Is that the only team in the SEC that isn't exciting to think about playing Missouri? Uh, Vanderbilt, we can say, I mean, it's Nashville, though. That's going to be a fun trip, easy to get there. Like Kentucky, it's at least a place that you've never seen before. You know they have a lot of fans. South Carolina could be a cool – I feel like Missouri is the only opponent where you say, yeah, I I could live without that one. No, thank you. I think that's right. I think that's right. We're just going to have to grin and bear it, though, because um, I feel like we're going to be – I don't know if they're going to do the pod thing or or what exactly it's going to be, but they're going to say, hey, look how cool this is. You know, there's a bunch of former Big 12 teams that are in the SEC now. Let's link all those guys up. It'll be be great. Yeah. God. Meanwhile, we're screaming, no. I like the Arkansas thing is fine. I I mean, I I just hope that you know that we're we're not going to try to force a rivalry between the two. That needs to happen organically if it's going to happen. But Arkansas, okay, like I can talk myself into that one. Missouri's just a tough sell. Hell, even Mississippi State. Um, I've I've only driven through Starkville to get through Tuscaloosa, but at least I've never been to a game there before, right? I can get down with that. Missouri's just. I don't know. It's a hard sell to me. Maybe the text line thinks differently. How do you feel about playing Missouri again? 405-651-3439 on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. I don't think anyone missed them the past 10 years. Here's the danger with the Arkansas thing, though. Um, We are, and when I say we, I'm talking about the Royal we college football doing a fascinating job right now, memory, memory holding how God awful Arkansas has been for the last nearly a decade, right? All you have to do is go back to 2020, 2020, they were three and seven. Yep. Now, yeah, they played some close games and they had a couple of teams on the ropes and it was close to being, um, a way better season, but they still ended up three and seven. You know, you go back to 2019, which, you know, we haven't played the 2022 season yet. 2019 is not that long ago. They were two and ten. 
So I know there's some excitement around Arkansas right now, but man, I just I wonder how sustainable it's going to be. And if Pittman were to do something special and were to rip off a nine, ten win season, is is he staying there or would he be looking to go somewhere else? Um, I, I mean, he'll lead you to believe that he's an Arkansas guy and that he's always going to stay there. Like, okay, if the Georgia job were to open up for some reason and they really wanted Sam Pittman, I think that he'd probably end up in Athens. But uh, you're, it's not sustainable, man. I mean, I, I think Arkansas is a job where every four years, or maybe it's five years, but every four to five years you can have a really experienced football team that's pretty good and can push for ten wins. But, man – you know, the state of Arkansas just doesn't have top to bottom a ton of talent, especially SEC talent. They're going to try to make waves in the Tulsa area. Um, they're going to try to make waves in Texas. But, I mean, how big of a player are you in the state of Texas for the best players at the end of the day? It's, it's a really tough job to win consistently. And there's not a lot of guys that have ever won consistently there, especially in the modern era. Yeah. No, it's true. Um I'm just uh, right now they have they got the number twelve recruiting class, but they do have twenty three commits, right. which is you know a ton of guys. The level is is low. They've got some some four star players, but mainly three stars, zero five stars. But you know that's that's what they got to keep doing. They got to keep recruiting better and better, and try and keep that you know that that steady flow of players coming in, but. And it's you better capitalize. You can't have a setback. You have a setback, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, let's see. Missouri is a crapshoot. Would rather play OSU yearly. Missouri does nothing for me. Interacted with their fans in San Antonio years ago. Once was enough. Gotta love uh, off weeks, built-in conference wins. Let's see. Good thing about playing Mizzou again and regularly is for recruiting. We seem to be getting a lot of players from uh, that region, that is true. Hard pass on Mizzou, nothing to see in Columbia. This one says, hate the fans, hate the state, but I think it would be an easy win. Most years don't mind it. Uh, hell no, I'm not excited to play A&M again either. You don't want to go to Stark Vegas. I'll go to Stark Vegas one time. I will go to Stark Vegas one time in Mississippi and see what it's all about. But I am more excited yeah. for a trip to Oxford than Starkville. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Um I don't know where they're at this year. You know where Missouri ranked last year in recruiting? Well, they got a five-star wide receiver, Luther Burden, which helped them out quite a bit. So I'm going to guess they were number the number 19 class. 15. Hmm. Not bad. Recruited better than Miami, Florida, Tennessee, Florida State, Auburn, Ole Miss, South Carolina. So that's... That's a surprise that they were that good in with the 2022 class. And I know a lot of people really like the coach there. Um, Drink think that he's going to do some. Yeah, I think he's going to do some really good stuff. But you know, we'll. I'll just take the wait and see approach on that because I know how difficult of a job that has historically been. Pinkle did a good job there, and he was kind of the every four or five years. They'd put together a solid, solid team and kind of make a, a bit of a run, but that's a weird job, a, isn't it? I yeah, mean, it, it's the yeah, only it Power Five school 
in a state that has some talent. I mean, Missouri is not, you know, Louisiana, um, and it's certainly not Georgia or Florida. But in that St. Louis area, in the Kansas City area, I mean, there, there's some good football players in the state of Missouri. It's just, I don't know. I They don't have great fan support. Their facilities don't seem all that great. Um, I mean, they, they used to be a basketball school, but I don't think they've ever played in a Final Four before. It's just a weird university, a weird setting, and an odd odd job and an odd football program. I don't really know what the expectations there are at the end of the day. It's one of the more unique, probably Power 5 jobs in the country, just of kind of the, the whole dynamic of it. Yeah. It's um... – it's been it's been tough going here recently. They had a couple of times where you thought if something special happened, they get their their head above water a little bit, but uh, hasn't come. They, you go back to 2018, they were eight and five, and uh, they lost Oklahoma State in the Liberty Bowl, 38-33. That's the that's really the best finish that they've had recently. Finished the season with four wins, beat number eleven Florida um, at Tennessee, Arkansas. But it's eh, tough going, tough, um, tough job, and not a team that I really care about playing. Yeah, me either. Uh, two quick texts before we hit a break here. Someone in the three one ten area code says there's a lazy river on campus at Missouri, which could immediately change my mind on going back to Columbia for a game. I need to research this, but that is at least interesting and worth looking at. Yeah, the lazy river on campus. Hmm. I guess that could be cool if you're a student, but it could be awesome. It has the I don't know if it's awesome there, but it has the potential to be amazing and an unbelievable recruiting tool if it's done the right yeah, way. But you know it's not. It's on campus. There's probably you know, a bunch of dorky professors talking <laughs> about how horrible it is for the environment and you can't take any beers or anything in the lazy lazy rivers. <sighs> It's probably got the greatest potential ever, but ends up being useless. Yeah. Uh, from the 918, I wonder how many SEC teams are excited to travel to, to Norman. I think the first answer is Arkansas. Um, I think every single SEC team is excited to travel to, to Norman. Because I think that, yeah. you know, the SEC yeah. is about respect, you know, all that. They like They'll at least respect OU's history, tradition, and all that, that, that'll definitely be a trip that people are excited about. Now, I feel like the narrative will be like the Texas trip for some reason is cooler, and, and they're going to find out real quick that a trip to Austin for a football game is pretty massively overrated. Yeah, well, I would not know because I've never gone to Austin for a football trip. I can imagine as a fan – going on the road that Austin could end up being a really fun road trip. But it doesn't have anything to do with the stadium or the game or anything. It's just like, you know, everyone has such a high opinion of, of Austin. I can imagine that. You know what it is? Up, you know what Texas, yeah. the road trip is? It's the Big 12's Nashville. You know, and, yeah. and, and Texas is, well, I don't know if the past 10 years, if they've been just way more respectable than Vanderbilt. But you get the point, right? At Vanderbilt, you're going to go to a stadium that's going to be half full. It's not going to be that great of an atmosphere. If you play Texas, definitely later on in the year, it's going to be half full, not a great atmosphere. But it's more about the town and the live music than it is anything. Yeah, Texas is the Big 12's ver version of Nashville. That's what it is. 
Yeah, and back to the texter, I can answer the question. Every fan base in the SEC is going to want to come to Norman, Oklahoma for a football game if only so they can talk about how overrated it is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. Even oh, it's it awesome. Nice. Right. Well, it ain't, it ain't Georgia or Bama, but it's all right. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to happen. Just like our fans are itching to go to some of those other big-time uh, schools to see what it's like. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at FSBO Homes today. Check them out online, fsbohomes.com. Help you sell your home. They're going to do it online. Help you do it online. That's where all of the transactions take place these days. When people look for a home, they go directly online and start scanning. That's where your house is going to be. They're going to make sure it's photographed uh, to the top quality. They're going to get an appraisal so you can price it to move it where it's not just sitting there. Uh, They've got attorneys to help you on the back end with the contracts and walk you through that process. Really, really good job here. And the best part about all of it is it's going to save you a ton of money. Up to 6% go out to uh, agent fees on a closing whenever you sell your home. Uh, They can save you a ton of money up front just straight across the board whenever it comes to eliminating some of those fees that you don't need. 405-594-7911. Come check out FSBO Homes. It is the rush of the refs. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Yeah, um, we got the home run derby tonight. You know, I love this. It's uh, it's probably my favorite all-star uh, exhibition. I like the dunk contest, but going to be a good one. Pete Alonso, does he three-peat? Uh, no, he gets beaten the first round by Ronald Acuna Jr., Ooh. the seventh seed of the Atlanta Braves. So, uh, no, Pete Alonso will not make it past the first round. Sorry. Oh, man, unbelievable. Did you see the video of A.J. Dillon flattening the mascot for the Kingfish, Elvis? A.J. Dillon, the, the running back? Did he used to play at yeah. Boston College? Is that right? Uh, yeah. No, No, I did not, but now I want to. I guess uh, in uh, maybe it was Milwaukee somewhere up there. He's with the Packers. They have a uh, a minor league baseball team. They had like a celebrity softball game, and AJ Dillon played in it. And somehow someone convinced the mascot to do the game where you know you're both people lay on their back. One person has the ball, and like whenever someone says go, you you jump over, roll up to your feet, and then you have to tackle the guy with the ball. Well, he obliterates the mascot i mean just t- 
total annihilation. The mascot head goes flying off the screen. Uh, it's pretty funny. You've got to check that out. Um, yeah, it's like a mini version, I guess, of the Oklahoma drill, and it did not go very good for the mascot. That's, That's what happens great. when you meet that. up with a 250-pound NFL running back. Um, how about Juan Soto pulling out of – or a not agreeing to a $440 million contract. Yeah, huh? I saw that Saturday night, and it was just like, wow. To be able to turn down that contract offer is pretty incredible, man. Now, I haven't looked a, a ton into this. I think it's, it's smart. Yeah, if he wants to go elsewhere. It had a lot of years attached to that deal. but it, it was, it, years. It, yeah, it was the highest um, contract offer ever, correct? Isn't that right? A Rod signed for two fifty two back in the early two thousands, but this is much higher than that's, that. That's probably right. I I think it's smart by him. Who wants to be locked in somewhere for 50, he's twenty three, especially in DC? Be, no thanks. Yeah, who wants to be locked in for fifteen years somewhere? Uh, I don't blame him for uh, for turning his nose up at it. But the last one I've got: Joe Dirt wins the British Open. Uh, five birdies on the back, carded a thirty, I believe, on the back. Uh, came back from four behind. Rory McElroy was an amazing uh, run there for the championship by Joe Dirt. Uh, yeah, did anyone watch that yesterday, by the way? Or did everyone just catch the highlights? Uh, I didn't. I turned it. I thought Rory was going to skate to the victory. Hmm. Uh, I got a few here. I got a tech feel on uh, my few, which is a little bit odd. Joey McGuire, hmm. new head coach. Uh, Jones AT&T yeah. Stadium in Lubbock getting a $200 million renovation. Joey McGuire said yesterday, quote, we're going to beat OU and then we're going to knock down the end zone, end quote. So he's calling his shot already in mid-July that he's going to beat OU, final regular season game of the year. Interesting. Um, that would be a nice way to do it. I, I can't believe they're doing a $200 million renovation to that stadium. I, I just I don't know. It seems like a waste of $200 million, but that's just me. Uh, the Matador Club, speaking of Texas Tech, is a donor collective for Texas Tech, and they are set to sign the entire football team to one-year, $25,000 contracts, renewable annually. So Tech's playing the game. Ooh, $25,000? That's that's pretty big time. That's good. That's a that's a nice number there. If they can do that and it's sustainable, that's going to help them out a lot. Last one I have, Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. He wears number 15. So Anthony Richardson, number 15, they call him AR-15. He is now abandoning, he's abandoning the gun thing uh, nickname because he doesn't want to be, quote, associated with the assault rifle that has been used in mass shootings, end quote. So uh, AR-15, it actually, that had been a very popular nickname, but that is no more for Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I guess, you know, I don't know how you stop people from calling you what your nickname is, but I guess he can stop putting it out there. Uh, I, not a whole lot to say about that. I kind of don't blame him because like, if, you, if you kept it, even though you're not obviously endoy, endorsing anything like that, um, it's just you're – you're asking for that one sure. reporter every time to start throwing that at you, right? So I get it. 
Yeah, that's all I have, by the way. Other right, than other than Caleb it. Williams and Cora Williams continuing to be in the news, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point uh, in the five o'clock hour. But uh, it's amazing, oh, yeah. you know. OU fans aren't over it. OU fans aren't over it. But everyone else outside of OU, it's interesting that they keep bringing up the whole thing several months after the ordeal. Not OU fans. That's right. It keeps happening for some reason. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at FSBO Homes today. Let them help you sell your house. Cut out those agent fees up to 6% of the price of your home. Uh, you can eliminate there uh, with just one upfront fee. 405-594-7911. FSBOHomes.com. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number two of The Rush. Tell me if this tweet means anything to you at all. Todd Furman tweeted us out. He's a uh, gambling guy out there in Vegas. He said over the weekend, this tweet won't make me popular in in my own house, but the more I read about at USC football, the more skeptical I become of them living up to preseason hype, dot, 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 even with the favorable schedule. Who sent now? Who was the team again? USC football is who he's talking about. The more I hear about USC. them, the more skeptical I become, even with the the schedule that they have. Well, that is interesting. I I don't know. They. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm interested to see how this Jordan Addison thing plays out. Right? They're gonna be able to keep everyone happy. That's got. You know the NIL deals and the transfers and and all of that stuff. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Caleb Williams has got a ton of talent, but if you can't protect him, he's he's gonna he's gonna make some good plays and he's gonna make some some poor plays. I don't know. I yeah. It, it's it's hard to look at their schedule, and I know I know they're not they were terrible last year. It's just so hard to look at their schedule. I, I, it looks like a schedule that TCU or Texas Tech could go like nine and three in. You know what I'm saying? It's just so yeah, such an easy schedule. When, when I look at kind of you know Jordan Addison throwing a fit about you know hey my demands haven't been met yet and Caleb Williams and Carl and everything that's going on there. You know we say about Texas this year that. Okay, but if they lose to Alabama and then they lose to Tech and then they lose to Oklahoma and they got three losses by mid-October, there's going to be some real quit going on in there and maybe even some opt-outs. I could see a similar situation at USC. It's going to be a lot harder for them to get off to a terrible start, but if they lose at Stanford in Week 2 or lose at Oregon State in Week 4 and, you know, like they already have a couple losses mounted by mid-October – I could see a lot of throw in the the towel factor there going on at USC this year. They they have to get off to a great start. Have to. 
Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I just, I frankly, I don't know enough about their roster. I know they're struggling on the offensive line. I know they're struggling on defense. But other than that, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a guessing game to see if they can take some of the transfers that came in and skill positions and turn it into something. We'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We got the final hour next here from FSBO Homes. <laughs> 